No. You are listening to Two Drop Tables and a Microphone, an information security podcast with a Canadian perspective and the only tech podcast with a three-drink minimum. We are the place for information security news and how it affects you as either a security professional or a general consumer. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and our guests are solely their own and do not reflect the views and opinions of their employers, past or present. Welcome, listeners, to the first Two Drop Tables and a Microphone podcast of 2019. And it's the latest podcast in quite a while. Um, I do enjoy doing this. I think I'm going to strive to do it a lot more this year. That's one of my uh, New Year's resolutions. A pretty lame one. Drink less whiskey, which I'm not doing so good at because I'm halfway through a bottle of Brooklady right now. Mm. And uh, do more podcasting. And uh, I'm drinking beer. Miller you might want to introduce yourself there, eh? Oh, eh? yeah. Very, very eh? Canadian. This They're is a Canadian very podcast. Canadian, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Dom Dom here, um, and I'm having a Miller Genuine Draft. And that's all you need to know. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm just... And and who are you? Oh, John Roperto, Senior Consultant, Lead Consultant at Data Edge IT Consulting. You could be Lead Consultant when you own the company, eh? I know, yeah. Lead or Senior or... <laughs> Principal. Principal. Director. Yeah. Vice president, internal, Executive director whatever. of ADM. Yeah. That's right. I'm the... All right. All right. And I'm Mark Speed, security architect and cybersecurity consultant. And I'm Dom Capic. Oh, you had to throw your last name in there. Thanks. They I can know. Google you now. You're going to get yeah. doxxed. Yeah, so are you, man. <laughs> Jeez, um, I'm, like a, I'm like a lemming here. I'm just like, okay, everybody else did their last name. <laughs> I might as well do mine. I'm going to cut that out so you're odd man out. Uh, we're going to call episode 14 the lost episode. I think I redid that episode's topics three times to align it to current news, and we never ended up recording it, so it's dead to me now. <laughs> it's gone. We'll do 15. On uh, today's show, we're going to do a bit of a recap of 2018, uh, some 2019 predictions, and discuss a couple other topics that have come up lately. So, first 2018 recap. Uh, I'm going to pick on people. What are your thoughts on how 2018 went there, John? Uh, I think 2018 was the year of the breach. I think there were more breaches in 2018 than ever. I think there was more high-profile breaches everywhere. Uh, Facebook, uh, a lot of large companies. And uh, so that's kind of the topic that stood out for me about 2018 was there was just a shit ton of data. Yeah, privacy and security. Just With all the Facebook everywhere. stuff, Cambridge Facebook Analytica, like everywhere. all that stuff, like hearings in the States. It was definitely a bad year for breaches. You're right. It was bigger than ever. 2017 was way bigger than 2015, 2016. 2018 was even bigger than that, which is saying something because 2017 had that whole Equifax thing. So, mm. but, And the other thing, too, is, uh, is uh, 2018, I think uh, we're still at the early stages. I think 2019 is going to be even worse, uh, but in, in more ways than one. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But uh, I think I have some predictions that I will mention later in the show. Yeah, I think uh, I think another thing that went down too is with the number of breaches, you saw a lot of reaction to that. And so you saw a lot of legislation being passed uh, to try and combat this. Uh, GDPR, one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the mandatory disclosure laws that yeah. have come out. There's more call, there call, There's more uh, calls for regulating uh, social media. Yeah, and there's uh, think, breach uh, notifications in Pepita to add yeah. some Canadian content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's been fine now. 
companies are starting to get fined. Yeah. Oh yeah, Google's getting fined under Google's GDPR. Google's getting fined. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were the, they were already yeah uh, fined. Uh, what was it? Fifty seven million. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, fifty seven million dollars for yeah GDPR violations. But to Google, like I mean, that's nothing. I mean, that's. Oh, uh, I think they'll fight it though. They're not just going to pay it. Oh, I don't think they've been they're awarded. Fight it. Yeah, if they're gonna, if they're, because the thing is that'll set a precedent. You know, I mean, they're like, oh yeah, that's a cost of business, and then they realize, oh great, now we're being fined again for fifty-seven billion dollars, right? I mean, yeah. One of the things uh, about these rules is they don't want like different rules in their stack for one country or you know part of the world than others. So if GDPR, if it, people that comply with that, they'll just comply with it worldwide, which mm-hmm. is a benefit to everybody, right? Yeah, because exactly. they don't know where everyone's coming from, so it's just that's like right. okay. We're, we're already with. seeing that. We're already seeing that. Like, you know, when you go to every website, you see uh, there. this site has cookies. Uh, do you accept? You know, and you go, I accept or no thanks or... or I hate that on my that. phone. Yeah, I get that on my Just phone too. Except the whole screen. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Fat finger, start clicking links. I don't want to read your privacy policy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, definitely. 2018 was bad. Um, a lot of, like, household names, again, got breached. Like, in 2017, 2018, it's like Home Depot and... All that uh, Target and stuff. This year we had T-Mobile, um, Cora, which is that Q and A platform. Uh, well, there's another story about T-Mobile. Like I said, I'll mention later. Among the it's among the predictions that I have. Google Plus, uh, Google Marriott Plus Hotels. Is oh, Marriott yeah. Hotels is a big one. Yeah, yeah Ticketfly, Orbitz. Like some of these were like Cora Facebook. was 100 million. Google Plus 53 and a half million, but there's not really a lot of PI in there. Um, <clears throat> states, a lot of states too. Uh, Marriott Starwood Hotels is bad. Orbits, I got Orbits here, uh, yep. about 880,000 customers. Uh, that included payment card info. And payment card info, yep, absolutely. Yeah, I think the worst was the Marriott Starwood Hotels, 500 million impacted. Oh, Guest man. information including phone numbers, emails, passport numbers, yep. reservation dates, some payment card numbers uh, with expiration dates. And the other thing too is that this, insane. This, this, that, that was an insane breach only because the hackers were in there having a field day since 2014. Yeah, I look uh, at this breach list that I had Googled that had it by number of people affected, and it had like the date range, and it was amazing how many of them were 2014 to 2015 to sometime it was found in 2018. Yeah, and and that's the thing. That's a long dwell time. It is. And we're going to see. Like no one was paying attention before. Yeah, exactly. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And I mean, there have probably been hackers in, in, in certain systems that we don't even know about that they've been in there for probably 10 years. So why are these getting more frequent year after year right now? Is it they're noticing it now? Are they looking and finding it? Like how is it getting worse? I would say that's part of it. I would say that's part of it. Like they, they. That's opportunity, right? People are going more opportunity. Also, another thing from this year too, right? A lot of cryptocurrency stuff, right? As the value of that just skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. Now it just tanked. Like ransom, yeah. Ransomware was huge for sure, and then it tanked. Ransomware went down when the crypto market went up and people can make more money crypto mining and crypto jacking because mm-hmm. there's low impact. You're not going to get caught. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to notice it on their servers and all that other stuff. Whereas you do a ransomware attack, you know, you're in the paper. Everyone knows. Yeah. Everyone's sort of all over it. Hmm. Yeah. There's been a lot of ransomware attacks, including some Canadian city mm-hmm. governments, like local governments. Mm-hmm. There's a couple in Ontario uh, in late 2018, Midland and Wasaga Beach. Yep. And they both paid. Um, they're, and they're both just tiny. Like Wasaga Beach would fit in your room. Like it's not, yeah. it's not big at all. And it costs them, like the whole breach, including you know overtime and calling people in and whatever. I think it was like thirty six or forty thousand U.S. in in, 
in crypto they wanted, but it cost them a quarter of a million dollars to remediate, all told. Wow. So and they were down for down 100% for three or four days and then decided to pay. So. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, um, it's, it's, uh, are they, do you pay uh, the ransom? And I think, I think they're getting smarter now because they're not, they're, at, they're not asking for large amounts. No. No. There's a local retailer, I won't say what they retail because you know who it is right away, uh, in Victoria who's been hit three times in late 2017 to the end of 2018 and paid every time thinking, well, it's cheaper than insurance if it costs me 7 mm-hmm. to 10 grand US a couple times a year. Yeah. Cheaper than hiring a security guy, cheaper, cheaper than paying like a managed security service provider, which is what all these people are going to have to do. Like Wasaga Beach isn't big enough to have a team doing security so they're gonna have to pay somebody mm-hmm. <clears throat> who that's going to be <coughs> who knows right and, um, and that's the other thing too they're they are targeting smaller businesses because smaller businesses are less likely to have insurance they're not smaller patching business, they're not patching uh they're not uh they're probably still using default credentials so they're they're, they're easy targets they're thinking that oh we're a small business we're not gonna we're not a big target they share uh, local admin on every machine yep yeah. That too, and uh, and you know, I mean, they're they're starting to say, okay, if I can tack five small businesses, and they're more likely to pay up than in one large business, who's probably going to have some security uh, security technologies or a security person in place, and so and they're less likely to pay, so they're uh, so a small business is an easier target, especially if you go, okay, I'm going to attack a whole bunch of storefronts. And uh, you're, you, you know, you're you're likely, you're more likely to succeed as as a as a as a ransomware criminal. Kind of hoping more of them do succeed. It's been uh, I spent six months trying to get like medium sized businesses and storefronts and that to even some change to invest mm-hmm. in like having me be their security consultant and do some of this stuff for them. And no one wants to pay for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised at all. So it's so hard for people to see the tangible benefit until something yeah. happens, right? Yeah, until that's they get hit, it's, it's going to cost them. That's right. Then pe- that's where people are making money, right? So it's those companies come in and they can fix it, and then they get them on board and keep them on or something, right? That's so, what they're sort of doing. I find is that they're getting like you know Geek Squad or something to come and like reimage machines and like run some tools to get the viruses off. It's mm-hmm. like you haven't fixed the problem. Yeah, they're coming I mean, back. Is, You've yeah. paid now. They're definitely coming back if you don't close that door yeah and they're probably not thinking about that geek squad is not not uh not no. meant to think about that they're they're an it they're an it fix-it shop you know well, they're, yeah, they're a computer fix-it shop not yeah. even an it fix-it shop. exactly right i mean it's not they're not into security they just re-image machine here you go your virus is cleared have a nice day yeah give us money I mean, so one of the things I noted too that was increasing when I was looking at 2018 uh, from 2017 stats was DDoS attacks using IoT devices. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a that's a big one. Um, that's a, a like the, there's so much so many IoT devices out now, and there mo- a lot of them are basically uh, being um, they're not they're not even using default credentials. Like some of these IoT devices are probably 20, 30 years old, like SCADA systems, for example. Uh, they yeah, but they're are, not being used in DDoS, right? Yeah. We're talking like people's like child monitoring webcams yeah, that, that are yeah, on their Wi-Fi connection exactly, attached to their they, router, to high-speed internet, and you've got a vulnerability in that particular device. Mm. You go to Shodan, you find that there's yeah. 30,000 of them worldwide, and then boom, away you go. You take down but, Reddit but for a industrial day. Systems, industrial systems have been used in, in certain industrial systems have been used in, in cases like this. Like uh, a lot of... Uh, but... 
they're probably a fraction of uh, an entire yeah. IoT I'd like to think a lot of those aren't connected to the internet. Mm. So 2019 predictions, you just want to round table. Dom, do you want to start off? Just yeah, I'll start, start off throwing. with, uh, I've been uh, reading on the news a lot lately uh, about the Huawei. Uh, Huawei is uh, essentially one of the biggest tech companies in the world. Apparently, they're saying it's even the biggest uh, telecommunications company in the world. Um, problem is that it has very close uh, ties with the Chinese Communist Party in China. Shh, so, my watch is listening. Could I yeah. take, should I take it off? <laughs> <laughs> Probably should. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, there's uh, some security issues with, y- with Huawei, uh, f- especially with 5G, 4G, and 5G uh, networks, uh, the networking equipment. And um, what happened with Huawei is that uh, in December, uh, their CFO, uh, Chief Financial Officer Meng Wanzhou, uh, was, uh, was, uh, basically was arrested in Vancouver uh, as she traveled from Mexico to China. And... Uh, on an extradition warrant from the United States for uh, was a bank fraud for uh, be- uh, because of her she was uh, uh, dealing um, using U.S. banks to deal with uh, Iran, which uh, the U.S. has uh, sanctions on. So she violated those sanctions, and also um, uh, the international intellectual property theft. And now we were just hearing in the news that the company itself, along with Meng Wanzhou, is being charged with. Uh, with uh, theft of intellectual property and uh, with uh, espionage, other forms of espionage, uh, with uh, bank fraud and, and, and other types of fraud as well. So what we're seeing here is uh, now now the five eyes, uh, Canada, United States, uh, Britain, Australia, New Zealand, these countries are now starting to pull their Huawei equipment um, because they can't be, it can't be trusted. It's being it could be used by the Chinese uh, Communist Party uh, to uh, to uh, spy on uh, Western countries, and there's the national security implications for this. So um, so now, and one of the charges actually was funny because uh, it was Washington State that brought up this charge today was that uh, they actually tried to steal T-Mobile's uh, equipment as part of uh, co- so that they could copy it to uh and then claim it as their own um and then deploy that so the question is if they're willing to copy or steal intellectual property from t-mobile then uh, what else are they capable of doing they're probably since they're they're in pretty much in bed with the with the regime in china they are uh they they are likely to spy for them so i mean do i trust that huawei phone the huawei smartphones that are out now probably not they might have malware in them or they might have a little chip in there 5G equipment is where it starts to get really scary, right? It does, yeah, because now you're talking about IoT equipment being hooked up to it, smart cities. Um, this is not just cell phones anymore. This is We're talking smart cities, driverless cars, uh, IoT devices, uh, you name it. They have, It's going to be all on 5G. Well, it's all, it's, all, it's all infrastructure now, right? Is, so this is, is critical absolutely. infrastructure you're looking. That's where I think things are going to accelerate, not to cut it you is. off, but I think that's where you know, you're going to see a lot more issues around there so that everything starts getting connected on yeah absolutely and the other thing too is uh when when i when i think about this when we were reading up on it i was just like holy that this they want they huawei really wants in they they were really aggressive about it but then but nobody trusts huawei because because of their close ties to the to the chinese communist party and then you know what the the, the government in china is going to do or the or the regime in china is going to do is going to try to spy on everybody 
Yeah, so instead everyone's going to switch to Cisco gear, which the NSA owns, and then oh, the yeah, U.S. Exactly. conspires. So, yeah, Actually, <laughs> so much better. Oh, like, yeah, it matters anymore exactly, right now. Right? But, uh, but like, oh, my thing. God, Huawei. It's like, really? Well, the thing is, I mean, you, you, look at, uh, you look at NSA, they're being more covert about it, even though, you know, but the Chinese, you know, they're, they're really overt. You know, they're introducing the social credit system. They, they have no, uh, no um, look what they're doing with Canada. They're getting mean over this Meng Wanzhou, like they're, getting, they're detaining all Canadians and consider Canada a national security threat. I mean, come on, right? I mean, it's, uh, we, like, Canada's treated Meng Wanzhou very well. I mean, she's in her. The problem know. is, we got involved. We yeah, probably shouldn't have exactly. at the be- yeah, at the request kind of, of the U.S. Right, stuck like our neck out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing. And now, and now with the Venezuela, the the crisis in Venezuela, what you're seeing is uh, the United States, you know, intervening in, in the crisis in Venezuela by uh, by claiming that the uh, opposition president or the opposition leader is now the president of Venezuela. Now there's a whole crisis there. And uh, that, and China's getting involved in that because of the oil reserves there. So they have they have substantial investments. So now what I'm predicting is more nation state attacks, a lot more nation state attacks. You're going to have uh, uh, hackers tied, groups of hackers tied to the the Chinese Communist Party. They're going to be they're going to be uh, over the top in attacks. They're going to be attacking Canada, U.S., um, any other nation that uh, that essentially pisses China off. And they're going to be like, okay, well, no power for you then, you know, and then attack their grid or their electrical grid. So I'm, I'm predicting there's going to be a lot more of that. And, and then on top of that with Russia too. So, I mean, because of, because of the political turmoil that's happening. Those sound like two good ones. What about you, John? You took, you took them all, man. That was a big one as nation state ones for sure. But, um, <clears throat> I think too when you when you say like uh, um, you know these big companies uh, you know are probably protecting themselves more or you think they they think they are I think cyber criminals are going to be coming more through like supply chain and start disrupting supply chains. Yeah, I think that's damn it. That was mine. One. That was me. I was going to sound so smart. I was going to use the word supply chain. <laughs> supply chain uh, attacks. Supply chain attacks, and just because. They already, you know, large corporations might have the assets to do it, but these small companies don't. So if you can get into it that way, I mean, it's like the weakest link, yep. right? It's all we saw a few of those in, in 2018, right? <clears throat> there was CCleaner that got attacked. Um, some people who installed that were backdoored. There was the whole Kaspersky yeah. snagglement. I don't even know if they're actually involved or not at this point. Um, it's a bit cloudy. And there's a couple others. There was one very recently. Where I saw hackers broke into the repository for some open source thing and change stuff. It happens quite a bit. So I think mm, those yes. both in software and chip based attacks will definitely one. see yeah. more of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a lot more firmware, um, a lot more uh, uh, like IoT is going to be a big one. IoT as well. will be huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll see more breaches for sure of all different types. And I think we'll see a continued push for regulation and yeah, legislation. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the other thing too. Oh, another big one is, I mean, more fake news, right? Like this year is pretty bad. Wait till like there's more elections and stuff. Now it's just, you know that there's other countries in there pretending to be whoever, you know, look how bad Russia in, in, uh, intervened with the U.S. I think there's going to be a lot more of that. Yep. Uh, and just it, more and more, especially when we have an election, like, have an election this year, right? 
So yeah, we have an election this year, federal it'll election. It'll be interesting. This year. I mean, not that I'm ever on Facebook, because what the hell? Yeah, Facebook. Uh, a lot of people get their news from there, so. I can't trust it now. No, for sure. For sure. There isn't really a good um, way to fix that problem either. You know, a lot of, like, Facebook is using Snopes and a couple other people, so is Google. You know, pull it a fact, stuff like that to determine things are true or not when you're, you know, it's displaying its results, but I don't know how you keep up on that. And so much of that is, like, able to be fueled by bias on both sides, so... Yeah. Well, and then now so you turn, are, now are people becomes, smart enough to read everything and decide for themselves and go the right way? I'm not yeah, sure anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and they're trying to fact check and stuff, and now it's a borderline censorship, right? Now you're like, okay, now they're, you know? Like, yep, for sure. Mm, I, I think they're actually, uh, that could be another prediction there, is uh, increase in censorship. They're going to see a lot more of that. like uh, with, the, with the guy under the guise of keeping people safe? Well, that's how they got... Um, uh, Infowars and all that yeah. banned from yeah. every single platform it's on, right? You're seeing a lot of stuff being banned, like PayPal is banning. They they banned the Hacker News. Uh, oh, did they? Yeah, they did. Uh, they uh, banned the banned the Hacker News. Like they they basically froze their because uh, it has the word hacker in it. I guess I don't know. Nobody knows knows why they they but they just banned uh, uh, the Hacker News and they they held their their uh, funds for uh, 180 days. And they they just they, and the thing is is about PayPal is they could ban anybody they want if it doesn't if they don't like that uh, whoever is dealing with them they'll just like okay your assets are frozen you're banned and you'll get your money back in six months. Yeah, Patreon and all that stuff too. I think one yeah. of the things if you're somebody who creates content, not as if we're getting paid for any of our content anytime soon, but mm. you need to rely on like your own website and advertisements and whatever that you can control getting on these platforms mm. there's a huge draw in like an audience and money yep. i'm not saying don't go on youtube and stuff like that just like don't Gonna rely on that ad revenue yeah mm. yeah right exactly. there are people who are making six figures and now they're making thirty thousand yeah. dollars right that's what a lot of a lot of people on youtube are doing that like they're making youtube is becoming more and more uh picky about uh who they monetize yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. They're on everyone's radar now, right? So yeah, when government starts becoming on government's radars and stuff like that, then all of a sudden they have to start pandering. Yeah, I think they're cross. They're going to cross a publisher versus platform line at some point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Like, there's probably going to be a court proceeding or a lawsuit. Wouldn't there is one right now. Someone's suing um, PayPal and Patreon right now. Oh, interesting. It's uh, if you look on YouTube, the guy's name is YouTuber Law. Ah, uh, okay. So, is it, so it's already happening then. Yeah, he's and... a lawyer, and he's got tons of funding from people, and he's got tons of other lawyers, like working with him, doing research and stuff. So he's putting together, um, yeah, a lawsuit, some sort of collusion between uh, PayPal and Patreon, mm. because yeah. people who got kicked off of Patreon went to a new service called Subscribestar. Yeah, I heard about and that. When Sargon of Akkad, who's a big YouTuber, moved over to Subscribestar after being banned from Patreon for something stupid, um, immediately PayPal went and said to Subscribestar, you're not allowed to use PayPal on your platform anymore. Which is weird, because PayPal and Patreon shouldn't have that relationship. PayPal was getting money from Subscribestar. Why would they go and say you're not allowed using it anymore? Not just for Sargon of Akkad, for everybody. So it's pretty interesting... These platforms are how people communicate. They've done so much good in the world. Like, look at what's happening and all, you know, in Egypt with Twitter usage and all this other sort of stuff. Yeah, and now Arab all of a sudden, Spring, yeah. they're clamping, yeah, Arab Spring, clamping down on everything. Yeah, and uh, they, it's just 
But I think pretty crazy. Patreon, I think I know why they're getting mad at uh, uh, Subscribestar because uh, it's like a, it's a way for these uh, like they've been banned by PayPal. Now they're now they're going around that ban using. They weren't banned by so. PayPal. They were banned by Patreon. Yeah, or Patreon. And PayPal is one of the methods to put money into. Same with credit card and other stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so it's like PayPal's protecting Patreon when people are leaving in droves to another service. Well, we'll just pull our stuff from that service, and then they'll have to come back to you. Like they have yeah. some like insider relationship thing. Anyway, it's interesting. Yeah. If you want to know more about that, look up YouTuber Law on uh, YouTube. He's got a bunch of updates. He does live streams. He does a bunch of other like tech related law. Mm. Calls himself a tech lawyer. It's pretty pretty interesting channel. All right, uh, for some Canadian content. In the current going on section, we have the Coast Capital Savings Breach, which I'm yeah, sure right here we'll have lots <laughs> to talk about. Yeah, that uh, after looking at that, uh, that looks like a th- like a multi pronged attack, and I think uh, that's what we're going to see a lot more of. Like uh, for example, like uh, brute forcing was one method that they got in. Phishing was another method, and I think they did something else as well. Um, there's only like, two I know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the story's pretty weird though. So latest count, it's 140 accounts were effective, each mm-hmm. losing between three and six thousand yeah. dollars a piece. Well, there was one person that lost ten thousand. Uh, unbelievable. So these people made out with hundreds of thousands of bucks if they mm-hmm. can get it out, out. Um, yeah, so they went, set up a fake website. They did a lot of social engineering. Yeah, yeah. I, so I a, lot get all that. a lot of it was so, I get it, that. It seems like a really, really targeted attack. So what did uh, they so brute force, though? Because, you know, like these sites like will lock you out. So did they get like a, a hash dump? Or something. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. So you, it says brute force, but in some of the stories, but then I couldn't find much more detail. And even in the mm-hmm. stuff that was coming out from Coast Capital Savings, they're saying, you know, it's all anti-phishing stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not really talking about the brute force. And they said it like, oh, our stuff still 100% secure and safe. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's not if it's getting brute force. And yeah. the thing yeah. is, you can't, from your IP, from your session, you cannot log in multiple times. Yeah. It'll kill that whoever who was ever card number you're using, right? Yeah. But it so will the do way. It. I, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, you you know, like if you try the same card number, even if you're coming in from different IPs, if you try it too many times, it's still gonna lock you out. Right. Regardless. So I think they're doing a password spraying attack. And they're just calling it brute force. So right. that's basically a brute force attack running backwards, right? You yeah. try one because their passwords are all basically a, a pin number. They're all, uh, and yeah, at least seven. the older accounts are all um, numeric and short. Like, what's the what's the seven, minimum? Seven. It's seven. Everything has to be seven digits for Coast Capital. Was it always seven? That's it. Always seven. Okay. So like they probably tried one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They must have had a list of card numbers or a legit card number generator. And what you do is you go. You you try one two three four five six seven on one card number. Yeah. Then you try one two three four five six seven on another card number, and so that's called a password spraying attack. And most times you don't even need to change IPs. And what's interesting to me is I have set up just a basic IDS, and I've set up um, just using Splunk basic SIM rules to monitor for those attacks happening at OA Outlook Web Access, mm. because I've broken into organizations doing pen tests using that particular method so i've set that up in two different organizations and it's cheap and easy even just with splunk it's not even actively doing anything where the ids ips was actually killing sessions and then sending alerts the splunk one was just sending emails like something is going wrong someone's trying to get in 
Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think a bank would have done that by now? Like, this is something that I try on a pen test, and yeah. if it's successful or looks like it will be, I tell people that they need to fix it and look at these things happening. But Why you know isn't a do? bank doing that? You know, I, I think I know. You know, I think there's another thing. You're, you're right about the password spraying attack, but they could be using people's phone numbers. They just be getting some random phone number out of a. But you have to log in with your bank card number, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's your seven. It's, so Coast Capital, you put in your bank card number, and I don't even think it's the whole thing. I think it's just the last eight digits, and then the seven-digit pin. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I mean by the seven-digit yeah. pin. Yeah. So they so got, they could be using their phone number as. Oh, pin. phone numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you're looking at they just people just to take out the two five zero or six zero four or whatever, and uh, you know put in you know five 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 one two one two as their pin, right? I mean, or whatever yeah. phone number. You they have. got a bunch of people's data though so because they were contacting people right yeah of coast capital members i mean they must have gotten information from somewhere yeah they probably did their research i think if they're if they're willing to do this at least you know use a two-pronged attack uh they if they're willing to do this much work then uh, chances are they've done their research yeah it's pretty interesting i the brute force thing i don't understand i wish i knew more details i couldn't Mm -hmm. find anything when i was scouring the internet today um, but it doesn't sound details of it, but uh, it doesn't sound good to me if no. that was actually I, I don't want to speculate like if that was happening at all, it's bad for a bank to not be looking at that sort of thing. I think yeah. we can all agree on that. Yeah, yes. and I think they it's you know it, there it comes down to the it's like they do a cost benefit analysis, right? Yep. Like, does it cost more to implement all these controls? than it is the money we lose because I think with a lot of these bank networks like they're downstream providers and stuff you know, running on whatever mainframes or how, whatever the software is running on. I think that's where the, the res- password restrictions are, right? Mm-hmm. Not on their actual, not on Coast Capital systems. So I think they're getting imposed downstream and are forced to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's been like that with these banks for so long. I think TD is the first one to have two-factor authentication. I'd love to see that. Yeah, at at least with my bank, be- I can, I've made my password like hellishly long and complex. So, um, But like, Bank of Montreal, for example, is, um, what is it? Six. Six characters. Now it can be numbers or letters, but six. That's it. Yep. That's yep. all you get. That's doing, really doing what we would suggest people do, like a minimum of 10 to 12, make it a sentence, you know, length is the only thing yeah. that matters. Mm-hmm. Harder. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, uh, it's not what she said. <laughs> oh, damn it. Don't let anyone tell you different. Mm-hmm. Length is the only thing that matters. <laughs> uh, that... We tell people that, but they're not going to do it. Like the average person, like everyone has a bank account. Everyone yeah. is not going to do 10 to 12 character. Like my password I type in at my computer at work every day is 16 characters. But with muscle memory, it starts to get fast. And particularly with the new rules, they're telling you don't yeah. really change it unless you think there's a reason to. That's right. That's And, and also use things like, you know battery horse staple cart you know like yeah. mm. a phrase which has a lot of entropy 16 yeah. characters or more i do i do lyrics from songs yeah and it's it makes it easy you can remember, remember it it makes it a lot easier to remember yeah. long yeah, and, and when you have to change it every 90 days because your work is doing that dumb stuff uh you could just pick another lyric from a song and then you just change one character so it's the same <laughs> password basically essentially and put one at the end of it yeah right. hackers try that if right. they have your account notes and the password changes they'll do password one to password That's, two that's some, that. something that's got to phase out too is you know because LastPass does that for me is you know after it'll when you run that security challenge against all your yeah. accounts it'll tell you like which passwords are old 
old in quotes you know like oh this is you've been using these passwords for over a year and it's like well they haven't been found in any breaches they haven't been breached so why would i change it yeah well you never know right it'll come out or somebody but if you're not doing reuse then you don't have to worry yeah but i mean you know what that service is Mm That's one thing, too, for people to check. You know, go to Have I Been Pwned, P-W-N-E-D.com. Sign up to get alerts. I'm using Dehashed right now because with the paid service at Dehashed.com, you get the passwords. You get all the data, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is interesting. handy, handy uh, service to have. Yeah. So create a spreadsheet of everyone at your work and what passwords they use everywhere. That's right. It's pretty interesting. Um I subscribe to Have I Been Pwned for our whole enterprise. So anything with our domain that's in a breach, I get notified. So that's pretty cool. And that's free. That's free from Have I Been Pwned. You just have to prove you own the domain. So if you have a security at domain email address or you got to put something in your uh, DNS record, something like that to prove you own it. That's it. So going back to this Coast Capital thing... uh, the phishing scam bothered me mostly because the email address and the screenshots that I was seeing on, uh, I think it was the Victoria BC or British Columbia subreddit, the URL was mycoastcapitalsavings.com. Yeah. Mm. Now, if you have www.coastcapitalsavings.com as your brand, how do you not notice, sorry, how do you not notice mycoastcapitalsavings.com getting registered? Yeah, that's... A tough one, right? You know, it's not easy, particularly with misspellings and O's for zeros and stuff like that. It gets a bit more difficult, and I know there's tools to do it, and it's not. But this is like straight, plain, easy. There's SSL certificates registered. There's everything. Pay for a service for someone else to do this for you. But apparently, uh, what they're doing is they replace some letters with Cyrillic, and then it makes it. They didn't at this point, though. Not at this point, but uh, I've seen it where uh, they they uh, they would replace. uh, a, uh, like a uh, one letter with a Cyrillic letter that looks like uh, almost exactly like uh, the like an A for example they they just uh, like Coast Capital they just replace the A with a Cyrillic uh, A mm-hmm. quote that and, and and people you can't tell right uh, that it's uh, it's a Cyrillic. This is the uh, thing you've been telling people for so long. Just look for the green padlock or look yeah, for the green exactly. right, and you're like, okay, it's good. Exactly, yeah. Like no, it means nothing now, and mm-hmm. Google's not doing that anymore. Yeah, so it's interesting. I know twice. Uh, once when working with Jerry, when I was doing um, pen testing, so setting up for phishing attacks at the, for the beginning of a pen test, registering domain names for stuff I found out they're using. Right, like they're using Zoho CRM and they're using GoDaddy for their DNS and they're using whatever. So then we start setting up phishing emails to you know, IT staff and CIO and stuff like that to try to get credentials for these things. Mm-hmm. And we were registering a bunch of domain names and we got stopped twice when we were working with a client at Jerry's. Where they'd stop, they wouldn't register the domain name or they registered it, we started using it, they pulled it and like null rooted it and then contacted them being like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he had to tell him like, Okay, this is my business. This is what I'm doing. It's a pen test. You can have it at the end of the week, right? You can have it back. Like this is what I'm doing with it. And he had to like go back and forth to get them unlocked for his use. And then we were doing like, uh, you know, like 
We tried some of the Amazon ones that were all gone because it was hosted on AWS, but we did something like GoDaddySecure.net and stuff like that, right? Login.GoDaddySecure.net. All sorts hmm. of stuff like that that we could think of with the trademarks in it. And then we were registering it, I don't think Namecheap or something, and they locked it down fast. Hmm. So, so that's not even a third-party service looking for it. That's the registrar being like, hey... So the registrars are being a lot more vigilant about uh, who registers domain names now. Trying, but you know, there's services you can buy. This came up in the, the monthly CISO call for the public sector in BC this week. Like, what are people doing for DNS monitoring? I think because of this. Well, they got to implement something with DNS to make it more secure, right? DNS is terrible. Email is terrible. Like yeah. these things weren't built with security in mind. No, not at all. And they're being used as covert channels, like uh, DNS records yeah. being sent mm. back and forth as covert channels. Uh, uh, email, like there's uh, like packets are being used as covert channels. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's. Uh, I think. I think uh, we're going to see a lot more of that happening. We're going to see a lot more like ICMP tunneling, a lot of ACK tunneling. Uh, there's malware that does that already. Uh, act tunneling is essentially when, like, uh, in a TCP stream, you see like SYN, and then you see a SYN ACK, and then an ACK or acknowledgement yep. packet. And the ACK is, uh, and when you see it on Wireshark, you'll see ACK, like a, like a straight acknowledgements, just acknowledgements. And then okay, you, you know that's a that's a tunnel, like it's calling home using that. It's trying to evade IDS. And I'm not sure how often you even need to do that. Yeah. Like if you're breaking into you know Ford or Google or Maybe a bank. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. But I bet you can get away with just using SSL to some DNS name you just yeah, created yesterday. Exactly. That's all gibberish. Well, there's also DNSSEC, right? Like a DNSSEC, you just, uh, uh, that should be more widely used. Mm. Uh, to, but Not all TLD support that, right? I got no dot, .ca doesn't. Yeah. Oh, oh really? Yeah. yeah. So couldn't enable it on that because I got everything going through Cloudflare and um, couldn't do any .ca stuff hmm. yeah so i should stop ddosing your websites then <laughs> yeah i saw that little blip for a little bit but <laughs> shut that little pansy little one down uh so last thoughts on coast capital then i guess it's part everyone's fault for falling for fishing and part oh, the God, bank's yeah. fault for not doing I mean, shit properly yeah. just yeah, need to be yeah. a little more vigilant if you're not expecting money don't click on the link and, but the thing is, all at the same time, I think Coast Capital is going to learn its lesson, and then they're going to go. Uh, they're going to be I, a lot more vigilant. I think there'll be more jobs before. posted very oh, soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. They're going to be a lot more security. Like Equ jobs. Equifax, their yeah. security department just grew by like several hundred percent, yeah. right? Yeah. They haven't learned anything, no. Hey, I mean, they were making well, money off their data breach by charging <laughs> people for the services. They didn't barely get fined. No one got like it's. Oh, no, they got away scot free. Yeah, scot free. I thought that was going to be the end of it. But yeah, the thing but is, but no, the thing is, at the same time, they probably hired some security people, like more than just yeah. to say we're doing No, they expanded something. their security team. They spend yeah. a pile more money. Oh, but yeah. as we'll get into now, we start talking about the skills gap. You can't do that forever, no, no. right? There's an increasing need to protect information assets, right? Mm -hmm. So we have, the, like we talked about before, the, a growing number of breaches and compromises year after year. So there's a huge need that organizations are finding, even large ones that weren't investing in security. Yeah. We need to hire security people. So it was already a problem before this influx of breaches yeah. bigger every year, every year. But Found I some really interesting stats. Yeah, I think government has an opportunity, though, because, you know, there are a lot of IT workers in government, and there's a lot of people 
that maybe whose jobs are maybe obsolete or they're not doing much. I mean, there's an opportunity to maybe retrain people. Like, look within. I think there's enough people out there who are just not looking in the right places. My, I think it's a opinion. huge part of it. Like, I th I think it's going to be hard regardless of what we do. Yeah. Um, the stats were just incredible, saying in 2014, 24% of businesses said they couldn't fill a cybersecurity position or positions. So 24% in 2014. In 2018, that number was 50% of organizations surveyed. Yeah. Wow. So half of the organizations in, I forget which survey this was because I'm terrible at making notes, um, in 2018 said they had a vacant position. And that's not news to us, although we're quite out in the middle of nowhere. We're not, but we're on an island. It's a bit more difficult, right? We're not a huge city. So there are jobs posted for long periods of time before they're filled. you got to be more flexible. Like people need, it's, the reality these days is you got to start looking everywhere. You start being more flexible you got to offer the remote work options. If you want to attract talent, people shouldn't really care who they're working for, then they should be able to live where they want. And open yeah, I up think your there's pool. an opportunity for managed security services providers. I think there's mm -hmm. an opportunity for consultants, which is like why I want to get more into that space so I can work for five different companies instead of one and just work you know, a day or so a week sort of with each client. Um, that way I'm doing more good with my day than just working at one spot yeah and being in the office all the time too i mean uh, i hate going to the office yeah it sucks i, mean, I can't think in there i'm right yeah. beside the server room it's loud i mean that's the mm -hmm. thing too it, it is that that's and and you're gonna have to see a lot of cybersecurity people like that they're gonna be uh wanting wanting these remote uh remote um uh, options you know to work remotely yeah and, and nothing's you know, worse than a nerd with an ego man exactly. you get a nerd with an ego and and he has six other jobs he could be at next week yep and you're gonna be buying him lunch. Oh yeah, every day. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna give him. You know, you're gonna you ask for it, you give it to him. You know. So there, well, there was an interesting presentation we had. Um, one of the directors at uh, CSE, because the what used to be CCIRC, the Canadian yeah. Cyber Incident Response Center, which is in the was in the public safety. Yeah. Uh, CSE's taken over the banner. Yeah, CSE's taken it over, and it's now... Now they have a sub-organization called... CCIS or CSIC? No, CCS, Triple CS, uh, Canadian yes, Centre for it. Cybersecurity. Yeah. And that's under the umbrella of CSE. Which yeah, is exactly. So he was, he was over talking about, because that was his program now, that it's moved to CSE, and he was talking about the cyber sales gap, and he basically said that you just have to forget that you're going to hire people that make tick box in all of your qualifications and requirements for yeah. your job <coughs> it's not going to happen no google learned that a long time ago too all these smart companies like you can't hire people off company ba competency based this and skills it's like you gotta mm -hmm. try and figure out who's smart get them in the door see what they can do and it's like if they have a brain and can learn and have some critical thinking skills then you can train them for whatever you need mm -hmm. i've been drinking and hanging out with one of my buddies doing Vuln hub things and he's not like he's a gamer so he's familiar with PCs, but he's not computer savvy, technical in that way. And just doing some Vulnhub stuff, and he's getting, he's picking stuff up, and he's getting better, and he's learning things like much faster than I thought he would. Because he's like, "Oh, I'm interested in this. We should do it together." I'm like, oh, "We'll see how this goes." But he's a mechanically inclined person. He's a guy who puts Corvette motors into little cars that should never have them in them. Like, so he's good at troubleshooting and discovery and 
and finding out how things work and tinkering mm-hmm. with it. And it's that mentality that we need to harness. So yeah. I, I think someone sort of alluded to it before. I think, John, I like, need to work with what we have, right? Mm-hmm. It needs to be a better like mentoring and, and finding who in your organization wants to do these things. And who has the aptitude for it. Yeah, it's all aptitude. Like, you don't have to have 20 years of IT. Like, no. like we were getting into before, like, now we're sort of generalists right now and you need to, but um, I was talking to my father-in-law who's acting CISO at a bank right now, and they just hired a developer uh, to head up their um, vulnerability management department. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like not, not typical, not but it's like he knows, if he's been writing secure code and understands how secure code works and vulnerabilities work and... He could figure that out. Like, that's a good person for that. That's an aptitude that you can make that parallel. Yeah, he didn't have four years' experience running Nessus scans before you hired him. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You could teach him that. Yeah. Yeah, software is teachable. That's mm-hmm. nonsense. Yeah. That was the Two Drop Tables podcast for this week. If you've got comments or feedback, you can visit our website at twodroptables.ca. That's the number two, droptables.ca. There you can read the show notes and leave a comment on this episode. Or you can email feedback at twodroptables.ca. You can subscribe to us via iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find fine podcasts. Just go to our website for convenient links or search your podcasting app for Two Drop Tables. You are listening to Two Drop Tables in a Microphone an information security podcast with a Canadian perspective and the only tech podcast with a three-drink minimum. We are the place for information security news and how it affects you as either a security professional or a general consumer. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and our guests are solely their own and do not reflect the views and opinions of their employers, past or present. Okay.